He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer ce dorset and today we are going to be continuing our study on the five powers the five strengths the five faculties whatever you want to call them by looking at the second which is effort if you missed the beginning of the series it's just one episode back so Go check it out so that you understand exactly where we are. I'm not going to do too much recap because these episodes are short. Alrighty. So, before we do, if you haven't already, please take a moment to go and rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the better chance we have of developing a community. And spirituality is always better practiced in community. So let's get into it. Effort. This is the part of spiritual practice that we never talk about. Yeah, I don't see anyone really talking about this at all. Except for people that are just getting started maybe with yoga or something, especially yoga as a spiritual practice or Tai Chi or Qigong. They can talk about the effort to keep it up, but we don't often discuss effort when it comes to spiritual practice. Because we have this image in our heads of these saintly people who just, without effort, who effortlessly live their best life, and light just shines from them in a golden halo around their heads, and power flows through their hands, because they are good and decent people who don't have to try who don't struggle with inner demons like we do because they're so much better than us. They don't have to try to pray because prayer is a natural second language to them. They don't have to try to meditate because meditation is just what happens when they're not speaking because they're so wise and so holy that it just naturally comes off of them. They don't have to study because they have been touched by the very hand of God and are indwelled by the Holy Spirit who reveals all wisdom to them and it just flows out of them like a cool, soothing stream to aid us all. And, and th those people don't exist. They are illusions. They are wonderful fictions that we tell ourselves, I think, personally, to uh, keep ourselves from actually having to practice. Jesus was tempted by the devil. Jesus was tempted by the devil. The Son of God. The living embodiment of God. The most perfect human who has ever walked the face of the earth was tempted by the devil. That's important, the word tempted there. A temptation means that he might have given in. He had to struggle. 
not to. Because remember, he had been out in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. So when the devil says, if you are the son of God, then why don't you command these stones to become bread? He says that to a hungry guy. No matter how saintly or holy you believe Jesus is, when you're hungry and somebody points out, oh, you could just have food right now. That's tempting. That's really tempting. Look, behold, I will give you all of the kingdoms of the world. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. Oh, well, you'll give them to me. I don't have to, like, go around teaching and deal with masses that try to stone me and all the struggles that will entail and eventually be crucified. Hmm. That sounds tempting. Because whether or not you believe that Jesus was divine and knew that he would one day be crucified for the sins of mankind, he was a first century Jew which in Roman-occupied Palestine, he knew that being an itinerant preacher would probably get him killed. Like, that just comes with the terrain. The Romans didn't really put up with anything that threatened their social order. So, whether you want to believe that he divinely knew or was just using common sense, he would have known that death was the inevitable, painful death was the inevitable inevitable outcome of his ministry. That's a struggle. If you are the son of God, why don't you cast yourself down and have the command the angels to carry you to safety? Why don't you show your power? Why don't you just show off? Let everybody know exactly who you are. Mm, tempting. And this is why we don't talk about effort. And I I don't say that about everyone. St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross, as well as others, wrote very eloquently about their struggles. In fact, they're well known for their books, The Interior Castle, The Way of Perfection, and The Dark Night of the Soul, all of which detail the struggles to maintain faith in a holy life. But we don't often talk about those aspects of the spiritual life, those aspects of spiritual practice. Because it breaks the illusion. It breaks that wonderful sense that we have that this should all be easy. Because after all, if you are on God's side, and therefore God is on your side, then all the obstacles are going to be pushed out of your way. Why Why would you ever have to put in effort. Well, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are here to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, that we make complete the sacrifice of Christ through our own physical suffering. That sounds like effort to me. The struggle is real. And it's something that we have to acknowledge. Now, effort being the second part, the second power in this cycle, effort is fed, is strengthened, is lifted up, is empowered by faith. 
And it in and of itself empowers mindfulness, which empowers concentration, which empowers mindfulness. I'm sorry, wisdom. And wisdom then empowers our faith and the cycle begins again. Now, effort is counterbalanced by concentration. Now, these two powers are so important to keep together because concentration shows us what we're actually doing, that we keep ourselves focused, but not too focused. We keep ourselves on the right path because effort, energy, persistence, however you want to call this particular power we're talking about, is here to control our innate laziness. Now, laziness works in two ways. There's the easy-to-understand common image of laziness of, I just don't want to do nothing, so I'm just going to sit here and not do anything. Yeah, that's laziness. But the other thing that's laziness is maintaining an incorrect course, maintaining false beliefs, not actually trying to determine whether the things that we believe and practice are good and right. Are they in line with the things that God has commanded for us? See, when people talk about the commandments of God, they always go back to what Moses and the angels gave the Israelites on Mount Sion. I'm sorry, on uh, Mount Sinai. They forget Jesus summed it all up. He said, look, Everything in the Ten Commandments can be summarized in two, just two, that we should love our God with all of our hearts, minds, and spirit, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if you don't understand that, read through the prophets. The prophets declared this on God's behalf for centuries before Jesus came. God does not want your burnt offerings. God wants your love. Malachi gave probably my most quoted verse of scripture to me. What does God demand of you, O mortal, but that you love kindness, do justice, and walk humbly before your God? You see, these were things that the prophets were saying for a long time that, no, you don't understand. You're too focused on the law. You're too focused on the ritual. You're too focused on on the easy things that make you feel and look saintly. You can burn all the incense that you want. You can slaughter all the calves that you want and daub their blood in the proper ritual ways. But if you're not doing anything inside, then what's the point? And this, to me, is probably one of the biggest reasons that we don't hear a lot of spiritual advice on effort for several reasons. One, it scares people off. When you tell people that it actually takes effort to meditate every day or to learn to pray or to practice compassion. Oh, well, effort sounds like work. I don't want to work. I, I, no, thank you. Because it's easier not to do those things. But also it's easier to control people and fleece them of their money and attention for your own personal power and benefit if you just let people live in their own world, 
Oh, so this community just hates black people. Okay, well, I'll just either not challenge them on that or tell them that the Bible tells them that that's okay. And I'll make up a reason and say that it's in there. Even though it's not. It's not at all. Or, oh, these people are afraid of the power of women, so let's go through and ignore all of the New Testament where women played a really important role and even... Paul refers to a woman as an apostle, and most of the churches were actually run by women at the beginning because they controlled the households that let the churches meet, or funded the missionary journeys that helped everything out, or were on the front line preaching. Yeah, we'll we'll ignore all of that and just say, see, look, here's some passages that I can point to that say women bad. And I won't put any effort into discerning whether or not those are part of the culture in which they were written, or something that God actually intended to be true for all time and eternity. You see, it's much easier to control people, and it's much easier to be popular when you don't challenge their basic beliefs, their prejudices. And this is some of, these are some of the main reasons why we don't talk about effort when it comes to spirituality. Effort is the work that we actually put in. The holding of our tongue when we have nothing good, nice, or proper to say. That's effort. Making sure that we're actually doing our meditations, saying our prayers. That's effort. Staying in touch with people. That's effort. Studying is effort. All of the work that we put into the spiritual path is effort. And we have to be careful that we're doing it and doing it for the right purposes. Remember that Jesus taught us everything that we need to know and left the Holy Spirit to teach us the rest. So we're here to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love God with all our heart, minds, and spirit, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, to judge not, lest we be judged, for we shall be judged by the same measure that we ourselves apply. When we feel the desire to judge others, we are to look at ourselves. He who has no sin can cast the first stone. Well, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the whole purpose of the story. So whenever you hear somebody judging others, what you're hearing is somebody saying, I am perfect. I have achieved perfection and I do nothing wrong. And that just isn't true. And so we have to learn through effort not to do those things, especially the ones that are so satisfying, the ones that feed our prejudices, the ones that make us feel better than other people, as if that were a thing that were even possible. Those that give us a sense of superiority. There's so much effort involved in everything that we do in faith to practice the spiritual path that we walk. 
And when we don't put in that effort, it shows. When we don't put in that effort, we become hollow and empty. And you can see it in people that like to talk and talk and talk and talk about their spirituality, but they have nothing to offer. It's always platitudes. We should love each other. Well, how do you love somebody who's done something terrible to you? Jesus said to, that we are to love those who despitefully use us. And I'm not going to lie, that's not easy. It's a struggle. It is the work that we put in to make this world a better place. We are called to be the children of God. And to be the children of God, we must be peacemakers, as Jesus said. So how do we not retaliate when we want to so badly? We ask, what will bring peace? What will solve the situation? And as with most things in life, there's no easy answer. And anybody who peddles easy answers has probably never sincerely asked the question. That's why the second step, the second power, is effort. Often we have to learn this through trial and error because no two disputes are the same. No two people are the same. The reasons I had problems at the beginning of my spiritual practice may or may not have anything to do with the reasons you might have problems beginning yours. They may be related, they may not. I can talk about mine, I can tell you about mine and how I got through them. But the real effort, the real work that has to go in is to find a way for each of us to overcome and push through and find for ourselves the work that needs to be done. I know my <laughs> many sins. I'm very prone to anger. I get angry very quickly. I'm also prone to pop off and to say mean and terrible things. These are demons that I've struggled with my entire life. And I would never say that I've gotten perfect at controlling them. But over time, through effort and learning how my words affect other people, how my actions affect other people, I have gotten better about it. And for the rest of my life, I will be working on getting even better. Because that's what this is all about. We are here in this world to be perfect as our Father who is in heaven is perfect. This is the commandment that Jesus gives us. That word perfect means complete. It doesn't mean that we always act rightly. It means that we act complete and whole by practicing all of our faith, by practicing our basic humanity, by doing unto others as we would have them do unto us, and not doing to others as we would not have them do to us, the gold and silver rules. In this way, we are complete. We learn to practice the ten powers of God that are here in this world that we participate with every day. The beauty, the splendor, the justice, the loving kindness, the strength, the victory, the glory, 
the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, the humility, and the community. These are the powers of God that flow through the world, and we must be perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect, and so we strive with effort to do that. And this is the problem with most concepts of morality. We create a system of rules. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Oh, and we're going to judge you if you do any of those things that are on the do not list. Jesus made it so simple and so hard. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's a double commandment right there. We have to love ourselves and we have to love others. Equally. Mm. And that's effort. It's a tricky path to walk. But it controls our laziness. It keeps us from doing nothing. And it is tempered and balanced by our concentration, which we'll talk about later this week. I hope you've enjoyed this show. If you did and you haven't already, please rate this episode or podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. If you've got a dollar you can throw my way in the show notes, you'll find a link to the community support page. That really does help out a lot. It pays for just about everything that I do. I rely on the kindness of strangers to do everything that I do. If you don't have any money or you don't feel like giving, do not feel pressured to donate that, that no, don't because I do this because I want to help. I want to share what I've learned over my life and I want to develop community with you. So don't worry about it. But if you know somebody you think might like this podcast, please do share it with them. That helps out immensely. If you want to ask a question, you can hit me up on Twitter or use the voice message down in the show notes. Anytime you want to find out more, just go over to wisdomscry.com. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you ever growing in wisdom and compassion. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.